Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. I'm Steve Watts, joined as always by my co-host Ty Patterson, and today we are building our 31 movie countdown to Halloween horror list. Uh, Before we dive in, let's hear a word from our sponsor. As always, The Blast Podcast is presented by The Blast app, which is going to be available sooner than you may realize. Make sure you're following our Instagram page at Blast underscore Movies underscore, our TikTok at Blast.Movies, and our YouTube channel at Blast.Movies to stay up to date on all of our latest content. There you'll find podcast clips, movie ticket reviews from Ty and myself, and up-to-date news on the progress of the app. Lastly, please make sure to check out our app's landing page, where you can learn more about what Blast is going to be at BlastMovies.net. Now, let's dive in. As always, before we get into the meat of this pod, Ty, do you want to tell us what you've watched this week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, short and swift week, but better and better movie count, but also better movie experiences than, you know, recent pods. So for starters, I'll keep the first two pretty brief. I got a chance to see TMNT in theaters. I went with my, sorry, I was going to go with my brother. We were going to meet halfway um because you know he lives at home i live in milwaukee we're gonna do the halfway thing he bailed on me last minute asshole but no big deal i saw it alone i thought it was fine i think seeing it with him would have made the experience better i had a couple moments where i felt like i was an eight-year-old watching it like in my family room but it wasn't enough to move the needle so fun watch there and then for a pod that is on our on our docket i won't say what it is i watched strawberry mansion very weird movie, but I will say the one thing I texted you about the movie was, you know, this is something I wish I had written or that I had made. Very wonky, very cool. I would recommend it to movie nerds. I wouldn't recommend it to, like, mass audiences or anything. And then the rest of my experiences were awesome. So I've been keeping you in the loop all week, but for everyone else listening, I finally got around to seeing the Before Trilogy. Now, this is years in the making. I'm talking years of, fuck this, I'm not watching these movies. I know what they're going to do to me. You know, when I saw Waves, I ne- I didn't recover. It took like four and a half months to like break the, you know, the feels, if you will. When I watched Normal People, I bawled my eyes out for a day and a half. And just, I don't think I ever really recovered from that one. And I knew that there was something here with these movies that I was in trouble. You know, I, I knew I was on the ropes with it. But I will tell you, I have not enjoyed a three-movie you know, sequence like that in so long. It was so refreshing. These are the perfect Thai movies. They are, and you can attest to this, there are three 90-minute movies that in each movie there's probably four or five scenes, and all of the scenes are just like two, maybe three, maybe four people talking about just life, about love. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant filmmaking. It is the living embodiment of a Thai movie. And I just had a complete blast with it, no pun intended. Dude, what do you know? When you watch my my recs, they're actually good. Yeah, God forbid. Well, that's the scary thing with you, man. I When you recommend stuff, I know that they're just, they're going to kill my soul. You know, maybe in the good ways, but 
I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised here. The first two movies, you know, they warmed my heart. You know, I really felt like, okay, maybe this true love thing, it, it is real. And then you warned me about the third movie, and mm-hmm. we'll have to do a deep dive because I don't want to spoil anything, but I will tell you that for as heartbreaking as that movie is at times, it still, like, holds that that belief that true love is real, that, I don't know, I just, I want to dive into this movie so bad, so maybe we got to save it, but I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed all three. Yeah, me neither. It, it's going to be a great one, and you've been wanting to cook it up for, I mean, what feels like since the beginning of these pods, so... Yep. I'm pumped to finally uh, help you out on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited too. I gotta ask before you move on, which was your favorite of the trilogy? Uh what's the second one? Sunset? Yeah. Yeah, that was easily my favorite. I texted you I texted you afterwards, but for again, everyone listening, I texted Steve that this movie like revitalized my hope that the pursuit of true love is something worth fighting for. And like I, it like thawed years of ice that I had put over my heart. It was, it was beautiful it in like my all day. Of the wrong ways. But yes, it was so great, dude. I think I would go. I you know what? I, I don't know. I would need to rewatch all of them. But where I'm at right now, again, it, you know what? Save it for the pot. I'm gonna go on too much of a tangent. I love Sunset. That's my favorite. But my favorite blast experience of the week. My f- high school buddy, Dane, he texted me about a couple months back like, hey, do you want to go see um, Spider-Verse perform like, live by an orchestra? It's like, yeah, sure. I, you know, I'm not a big concert guy, but I love movie scores, so why not? So we both drive to Chicago after months of preparing for this thing. We sit down, and Real it's quick. in like an... Go ahead. Sorry, I got to cut you off because you introed this by saying uh, that you went to see Spider-Verse with <laughs> by yourself um, the other night. I think you were talking about TMNT there. Did I say No, I said TMNT. I, th- no, I thought you I said definitely, yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to roll back the audio, but I'm pretty certain I went to TMT. Oh, well. well, I know I went to TMT alone. I did Spider-Verse with Dane. Okay. Either way. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you for uh, killing the vibe there. But I'll, I'll digress. So we sit down, and again, I just thought that this was a concert we were going to. But there is a a screen, you know, in front of the theater, and it's Spider-Verse. Like, it's the actual movie being ready to be played. So what the experience is, is you watch the movie, but all of the music is performed by a live orchestra. The cool thing with Spider-Verse is not only does it have its own soundtrack, but it also has, like, a lot of techno stuff that they can't do with, you know, a typical orchestra. So they brought in a DJ to do all the music and all the techno stuff at the same time. Dude, when I tell you this is like a top five theater experience for me, I'm not exaggerating. I, the whole time, was just thinking, how many movies can I see like this? Like, how awesome would it be to watch Interstellar or The Dark Knight or even like something like Oppenheimer in an environment like this? It was so cool. Everyone there, it was a packed house. I'm saying like three, 300 people probably. You know, half of them are dressed up like Miles Morales. Everyone's got, like, Jordan 1s on. Everyone's, like, dead quiet, no phones out, but just roaring applause, like, in between songs. There was a standing ovation at the end. It was just a great experience. So cool. That's awesome. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was last November I asked if you could come with me to the um, 
it's a silent film festival at the music box um, and you couldn't make it, but they did the same thing uh, with playing the scores of those short silent films there. Um, obviously not as great as Spider-Verse, but still like that same type of atmosphere where everybody there is just having an amazing time. You're getting the real movie nerds all into one place. It was great. Oh yeah, man. It was great. There was like a, a moment after the theater too, or, you know, after the performance, I'm, going back to the parking garage and there's a dad with a his boy that couldn't be more than like three or four and we're in the elevator and he's talking to his kid he's like oh did you like it yeah dad i loved it that was so awesome it just a little tidbit there was a bunch of kids there that were just i don't know if it was their first time seeing spider-verse but we're just all in fell in love with spider-man it was like us seeing raimi one back in the day really cool that's amazing um is that your week? That's my week. You know me. Short and simple. I Technically, you know, I would say this is four movies if you count the Before Trilogy as one, but I don't know. I'm going to cheat. I'm, I'm going to say I saw six movies. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I, of course, uh, watched a few more than you. Um, I'm going <laughs> to fly through most of this list, but there are a couple of things I do want to say about some of these movies. So... The first movie I watched this week was Ghost Ship. Have you seen this title, like, just floating around on Max lately? Um, no, I have not. It has been intriguing me for nearly a year now. Um, it just always pops up in my recommended, and I watched it. If this movie wasn't utter dog shit, I think it would be on our top ten openings pod. Because oh, stop it. It starts with one of the most unhinged openings I've ever seen in my life. You get this, like, beautiful, like, 1960s love song playing. It, uh, pink cursive font slowly writes out Ghost Chip on the screen as the production companies fade away. I'm like, am I watching the wrong fucking movie? <laughs> it felt like I accidentally put on an episode of The Love Boat. Um, and... All these people are just sitting on a cruise ship dancing with each other, and this wire comes through and cuts every single person there besides this little girl in oh, half. Dear. And it is, like, gory as fuck. Like, there are, <laughs> there are people grabbing their legs and trying to, like, force them back onto their torso as their, like, organs oh, spill out. Oh, my lord. And then the rest of the movie is just horrible. <laughs> so when it was pitched, it was just pitched as a short film. And they try to make it a, a full theatrical feature. Gotta That's be. Funny. Gotta be. Um, yeah. Follow that up with Blair Witch 2016. This is one of the worst oh, movies I've seen in my entire life. The bad one. Why would you do that? I've, I've never seen it, and I was looking for something so to just put on while I was working. And, oh, man, this was hard to get through. Um, and I, So bad. Yeah, I followed that up with another pretty bad uh, horror movie. Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, yeah, I'm working my way through all of those movies, but I got to do it slowly because they just kill my fucking soul, man. They're so bad. I am not a fan of the Friday the 13th movies. I will, I will say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not either. Um, I got a little bit of the way into part three and it's just a lot of 3d gimmicks and it's another very rough installment. Where's the one where Jason goes to New York? Uh, that's called Jason Takes Manhattan, I think. Okay. So that's what you got to start t taking up on. Those are the ones to go watch. <laughs> Jason X, where he's in space, I think is... <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Um, on the list. But I followed that up with a couple of great movies. So first off, The Iron Giant, which, as you know, is one of my favorite uh, animated movies of all time. It is... Do you know... Have you seen this yet or no? Uh, no. Oh, man. So? If you... Oh, the... Oh, the... Oh, um, not, not since I was a kid, which sucks, because everyone just seems to love it. Yeah, I would I would recommend revisiting it. It's a nice, like, 90-minute Thai movie uh, that you can just relax and really get involved in. Um, I don't want to say anything more, really, than if you haven't seen it in so long. I want you to watch this and be surprised. Um, okay. Followed that up with Bottoms, which is such a great movie. Um, this was a solo mission on Saturday. Uh, Morgan was at a wedding, and I needed to go see something. And um, Iowa Dabiri is legitimately one of the most talented actors in Hollywood right now, and I can't wait for her to like take Bilo. over the world. Bilo. Yeah. Um, and Rachel Sanat also co-wrote that um that's the girl from bodies 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 i think is where you'd know her from oh she wrote it uh co-wrote yes and i think she she was really involved in the production it was just a, a really funny time though i don't know if it's a time movie or not um i don't know if that's your type of humor i guess but what i will say is the parts i laugh the most at are probably also the parts you would laugh the most at which is everything with marshawn lynch Oh my goodness, Marshawn Lynch is in it. He plays <laughs> he plays their teacher and like sponsors. For those of you who don't know, this is about two like losers who start a fight club to sleep with cheerleaders and Marshawn Lynch plays their teacher and club sponsor and he is <laughs> fucking <laughs> just the perfect guy for it i think rachel sadat wrote him so fucking well because oh my god the gags are awesome um <laughs> all right if it's still in theaters maybe i'll do a speed run this week or something yeah try for it uh, next up cabin fever not really much to say about this um just not really an amazing uh it, it hasn't held up well let's just say that um Eli Roth is making a new movie soon. Uh, maybe that'll be a little better, but oof, there's a lot of stuff that would not fly today. Um, yeah. But moving on, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, amazing movie. This was Morgan's birthday pick. She wanted to watch this on uh, the night of her birthday. Fucking awesome. Such a great movie. Have you caught this one yet? No, and this was your top, this is in your top 10 for la from last year, I think. It was. Um, I won't say anything more about it then. Um, then A Knight's Tale. Again, not much to say. This was a Morgan pick. Uh, I will. I, I do actually have a quick story, though, from my childhood regarding A Knight's Tale. When I was, I want to say, three years old, uh, my sister, Alex, was allowed to babysit me for one of... <laughs> one of her first times, and she was watching A Knight's Tale, and I really wanted her to make me Jiffy Pop. Um, <laughs> I wasn't allowed by the stove, obviously. And she, to occupy me, said that if I s sat in a laundry basket and scooted all the way across the kitchen and back without falling down, she would stop the movie and make me my popcorn and then she proceeded to film it <laughs> oh, i need to get i need As to get I, my hands on that footage yeah it was great um 
Then I watched Elevator Game, another really bad one. This is a Shutter release, just cut and paste. Um, uh, Haunting in Venice, again, just pretty mid. Uh, I was fairly disappointed by that. You Hurt My Feelings was an A24 movie starring Julia Louise Dreyfus. I thought it was fairly shallow. Um, I was pretty disappointed in that as well. Um, No One Will Save You. is a Hulu movie um, about, like, alien invasion. I heard about Starring this. Caitlin Devers. Uh, and she was really good in it, but I uh, just didn't really like the movie, like, at all. Um, found it predictable. Steve, you you might be surprised by this, but Chris Stockman loved it. <laughs> Name me a movie he hasn't liked. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> All jokes, all jokes. All jokes, but I, I do want to check this one out. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's not like I necessarily regret watching it. It was just like a mid, you know? Okay. Um, and then I rewatched Lars and the Real Girl. Do you know what this one's about? No, I don't. This is about Ryan Gosling essentially being like a socially awkward incel, um, and he buys a sex doll and dates it. Oh, that's the name of that movie. I see it all over my TikTok because he's so relatable to me. (laughs) And then the last movie of the week was The Innocence. This was on Sean Fennessy's Top 5 Haunted House Movies, and it was from 1961. I am incredibly surprised by how much this frightened me. Um, this is an adaptation of Henry James' The Turn of the Screw, which is notably also been um, made into The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ah, that's one of my favorites for anyone listening. Steve and I are both just huge Mike Flanagan truthers. Absolutely. Um, but that's that's my week. I don't even know how many movies it is, dude. Yeah, well, if you want shocker. To... What a gauntlet. I'm looking 3, yeah. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 movies, Steve. Where do you find the time? I'm extremely unwell. <laughs> I need I need professional help. Uh, all right, let's dive into this list now. So um, for frequent listeners of the pod, it'll come as no surprise when I say that horror is my favorite genre, and that means... October is like a great month for me because I get to watch all the movies I like without any judgment, um, especially from my mom. And <laughs> heading into every October, I make a list of 31 horror movies, a movie a day as I count down to Halloween. And Ty and I wanted to make a collaborative blast official list this year. Uh, so we're going to talk you through some of our recs, why they made the list, and uh, yeah, Ty, do you want to start this off? Yeah, I think that this is a good category for me to kick off. And I just want to say, you know, before we break this down, that yes, it's structured in a way that you can watch one movie a day, but it's also broken into categories based on what you're looking for. So we're starting with recent hits because I am the king of recency bias. So I'm going to drop a couple recent hits for you, starting with my favorite horror movie of all time, Hereditary. Uh, Ari Aster's first like big movie, or is it his first? Is it his first movie? Steve, help me out here. Uh, I think it's his first feature. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the big head honcho. But I will tell you that there is there is probably a hundred different ways you could kick off a you know a horror movie gauntlet. Very few movies are gonna creep you out in this type of way. It's not your typical horror movie where you're sitting for two hours waiting 
you know, gnawing at the bit for your jump scares, you know, covering your ears, covering your eyes. No, it's it's essentially a It's the type of horror that just puts you to sleep. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. This is legitimately, I think, the scariest movie I've ever seen. I sat in the theater sweating, sweating for the last 20 minutes because it takes its time just building up a ton of psychological tension between this family after some tragedy hits. I don't want to get too into it, but really just eerie movie that I've never been able to shake. So that's why I want to start this off. And then I want you to just keep doubling down here and watch something a little bit more fun, but just as scarring and barbarian. I think the first, what, Steve, like first 60 minutes, first 90 minutes of this movie is some of the scariest shit I've seen in the last two years. I'm thinking of a specific stairway scene, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I I absolutely do. I think that the first, like, 15 minutes of this is where it's really at its best. It's the Bill Skarsgård and, help me, on the name of uh, Regina Campbell, right? Yep. Um, Are in a, like, Airbnb together because it was double booked. The tension there is crazy. I kept on thinking somebody was going to kill somebody. I loved every second of that first 15 minutes. Yeah, and but the best part of this movie is, you know, it's going one way, but it doesn't just pivot once. It pivots like two or three times, and it, this movie's a lot of fun. It's definitely not what you're expecting, but I think it's a lot better than people are expecting. So definitely check out Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Next, um, this is kind of a, a Steve movie, so I'm going to have you speak to it a little bit more, but we're going with The Empty Man. I would argue that this has one of the creepiest probably scariest openings of all time oh i would completely agree this is pretty much just like a 15 minute short film at the beginning of this movie that is like establishing the origins of what's taking place the rest of the time and it is so so well done i remember watching this for the first time i was just like i don't know like nearly covering my eyes from how just uneasy it was making me feel yeah this one it just came out at a weird time i think i believe sony was the production company they just wanted to scrap it move off of it like threw it on max and i think it had like a short theatrical release but it got killed didn't it it was yeah so 20th century fox produced this and then um they got bought by disney and disney didn't want to release it um Mm. And so sat on the shelf for a few years and finally did a very low key release and has kind of established like a cult following now. Already, which is super cool. It's only been three years now, I believe. This was a good lockdown movie. I remember watching in my apartment, um, yeah, three years ago, like on my work monitor because I was working from home. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, guys. No, okay. So we're three days in. And we're going to cheat a little bit here. So I know it's supposed to be a movie you know, list, but again, there are some horror series that I think are far better than most horror movies. And that's why day four and day five, you're going to be binging Midnight Mass, a Mike Flanagan series, limited series. I believe it's eight episodes, so you can split it. You'll do four, four hours day four, four hours day five, and really just grind this thing out. I think there's a case to be made this is probably my favorite horror story of all time at least in my top five it's it's just phenomenal there's great character work here 
it does the scares the right way but there are so many great emotional beats that you just don't see in most scary movies and that's kind of flanagan's thing and i think this is his best work in my opinion I completely agree with you. Um, there is one scene in this show that Ty and I send back and forth to each other every, I don't know, like month or so. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Oh, it's just so good. Um, one of the, one of my favorite scenes of all time. I won't spoil anything, but it does. It takes place on a canoe for the listeners who have seen this show. What a show! What yeah. A, what a series. One more thing before I jump off into the next one, but my parents usually hate all of my recommendations. I'm, I'm talking all of my recommendations, but I, I made sure they watch Midnight Mass, and they didn't, like, brief me on most of the show, but both of my parents messaged me separately about that canoe scene. Like, just phenomenal writing, phenomenal execution. Great show. Please check this one out. It's worth the two-day binge. Absolutely. And rounding out the recent hits this is we we have kind of a running category throughout here on the 6th the exorcist believer releases to theaters and that is our recommendation for that day um this is a david gordon green movie his first work since Uh-oh. halloween the tr- the tragedy of halloween ends um and it looks actually good. Um, the Exorcist was never too scary to me, and I think part of that is just I've never been like super attached to any like Catholic religion or anything. I know that for a lot of people that are Catholic, this movie like really hits. Um, and watching the trailer, they keep pumping this over and over on <laughs> during football games, and seeing the. God has played a trick on you. Sends shivers down my spine every single time. Bro, I had to watch this trailer smack dead center of the Oppenheimer IMAX screening I went to. <laughs> I almost, I tried to get out. I was pinned between two groups, and I, I couldn't get up. But I was, I was that scared because, you know, I'm trying to be too cool and not cover my eyes and ears because I'm in the middle of the theater. And I'm just getting engulfed in the score and this creepy sounds and... It's just horrible imagery. I, I think this movie's going to be great. For as many issues I have with Gordon Green and what he did with the Halloween franchise, I think there's a lot to love, and I do think he's going to get this movie right. Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see, though. This I, I feel like this movie is really make or break for his career. Oh, he's done if this flops. He is so yeah. done. All right, you want to introduce this next category? <laughs> yeah, um, I named this category, and I'm proud of it. And I'll I'll leave it at that. The category that Steve is going to be diving into is titled Steve Glazing Wes Craven. Steve, please kick this off. Uh, yeah, for people listening, I think most people know then that Wes Craven is my favorite horror director. Um, he has made so many great movies but the ones i chose for this list are first off scream and scream 2022 uh obviously scream 2022 is not a craven work but i find that the most satisfying of the scream sequels um and i actually tend to revisit that fairly fairly often nothing competes with the original though um matthew lillard with just an all-time performance and Oh, God, establishing Nev Campbell as one of the greatest horror protagonists ever, in my opinion, as Sidney Campbell. Um, 
or, without question. Jesus, Sydney Prescott. Sorry, <laughs> mixing up names. Sydney Campbell. Um, what is that from? Nev Campbell. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, got it. Um, and then Scream 2022 revitalizes that franchise. Uh, I was not really a fan of Scream 6, but Scream 5 just had a heart to it. It felt like the directors who are radio silence, I believe, um, really cared about what they were doing. Um, there is a scene where they have a big four West banner, uh, just blasted everywhere. And I quite enjoyed that. I felt like this paid homage to the original in all the right ways while still introducing some new ideas. It's, um, it's unironically one of, if not the best legacy sequels we've gotten in this era of legacy sequels, like force awakens, like last Jedi. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, but I think it's super cool at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and following that up for uh, days 9, 10, and 11, I have the what I like to call the Secret Nightmare on Elm Street trilogy. So for those of you who don't know, Wes Craven only wrote three Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and it is A Nightmare on Elm Street, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And all three of those movies, I think, are actually really good. And they form an overarching narrative. Um, They all star, oh, what's her name? Uh, Langenkamp. Heather Langenkamp um, as Nancy. And they're all very different versions of the character. And I think they do a really good job developing. Um, Obviously, everybody knows the premise of the first nightmare, which is... uh, a, a man is haunting the dreams of these kids. But number three, I think is really cool. This is, um, Nancy is working now at a like clinic essentially for all these people who have Freddy Krueger dreams and she is teaching them how to fight him. And I, I love the premise. I think it's executed really, really well. And this just goes further into Wes Craven's new nightmare, which is a departure from the typical slasher and essentially the blueprint of Scream. Um, yeah, have you, totally. Yeah, you've seen this one. Um, you've broken it. You've broken this trilogy down to me. I'm not kidding you four or five times. So I, I could explain it, but I think you would do it better. Fair enough. Um, this is new nightmare. Um, takes the actress who plays Nancy out of the world and Freddie is leaking into the real world. Now it's a really fascinating concept, kind of the first true like meta horror we've, we've gotten and one that I really, really enjoy the comedy of Wes. It's just kind of his, he's a wizard. He, he does it different than everyone else, but um, I don't know. I I'm with you. I'm not a big nightmare on Elm street guy. But, again, this is a shameless plug. I happen to like the Rorschach one from 2009, was it, when they started revamping all of those? But, um, yeah, I know. Isn't that ridiculous? But yeah, um, I have seen the original. Um, maybe I got to put Dream Warriors and New Nightmare on my own 31 Days of, of Horror. I don't know. Sounds like kind of right up my alley, funny enough. I think you'd really enjoy New Nightmare. I don't know if Dream Warriors is really a Thai movie, though. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I mean, I guess New Nightmares, the, the Scream one, so that checks yeah. out. But since you stole it from me in the last category, I'll jump in and keep that running category going with the new release. 
So on day 12, you're going to go back to Netflix, similar to Midnight Mass, and watch the fall, the fall of House of Usher. And this is Mike Flanagan's new series. So for those listening, yes, I plugged Midnight Mass, but you might know Flanagan on accident. He also did Haunting of Bly, Ma- Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House. Did I get that right, mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah, and he also did Hush and Doctor Sleep are and, his two notable features, I think. And Oculus. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, the guy's just on an ultimate heat check. We made an argument that he's the king of horror right now. Whether you believe that or not, the guy is a master of his craft, and I expect this new series, The Fall of the House of Usher, to be nothing short of great. Please, again, if you can binge the whole thing day 12, you know, I'm tipping my cap to you. It's going to be a gauntlet, but it will be worth it, I promise you. Awesome. Um, I know nothing about this one you told me not to watch the trailer and i took your advice yeah definitely stay away if you're listening it it gave away it didn't give up what the story was about but a lot of the scares were revealed and i'm not a big fan of that just just stay away i I, trust me flanagan is a wizard it's gonna be great you don't need to be roped in by a trailer you're you're gonna be fine awesome i i will say real quick though i took a peek at the cast and saw mark hamill and yep I'm very excited about that. Yep. Um, <laughs> the next category is another kind of king of horror in our minds. Um, James Wan is dad is what we named this category because he has just never fucking missed. Right. And, and you know, that's what he's never talked about in the king of horror conversation, at least in the conversations I'm listening to. It's ridiculous. This guy is, he's a winner. I mean, he made Aquaman good. Forget horror. <laughs> guy's, just not, guy's on a roll. But let me kick this off with one of my favorite horror movies. It's in my top 10. The original Saw movie. I say what you want. You know, I know, you know, the the gore porn isn't for everyone, but don't get it twisted. This one isn't like that. Yes, it has its moments, but this is a very eerie, creepy horror movie. And it's not just a bloodbath like the rest of them. I think this one is really well executed. It has a great ending. It has one of the most iconic endings, actually. Um, revealing one of the greater villains and one of the greater like franchise lasting villains. I don't yeah. know. I don't want to give up too much, but I really love this this first Saw movie. I think it's one of the more fun movies on the list we have here. Definitely check this one out on day thirteen. Yeah, absolutely. And coming up next is uh, another one of Juan's many franchises that he's spawned. Uh, we have The Conjuring One and The Conjuring Two. Um, Conjuring 3 did not make the list. Uh, that's just kind of a yikes. There are some moments in that, but... Oh, man. As soon as Juan departs, everything just goes to shit. Right. Shocker. And it's <laughs> it's funny you bring that up, because then we have the next two that are also Juan movies in a franchise that fell on its face right after he left, but Insidious. Now, I have Insidious and Insidious 2. Insidious 2 is fine. I just have that there for nostalgia reasons. It was the first time I, I brought a girl on a date to the movie theater. Or, like, I had a group date. It was so awesome. Like, we were, like, holding hands and stuff during the movie. It was great. But I had to, like, <laughs> pretend that I wasn't covering my ear and eye the whole time. It was it's a great memory. But the first Insidious, dude, I'm not kidding you. Just, just thinking about that movie, thinking about the last 10 minutes, the hair on my arms and the back of my neck are standing up. I can just picture... Um, the lady looking at the photo. I, I, I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm, I'm going to start creeping out. It has the weirdest imprint on me. 
I think it's the scariest ending of all time, in my opinion. But dude, f- dude, forget the ending. I think that the the true strength of Insidious One is all through the beginning. I love the the setup of this is so. Oh. It's just this like well paced, just slow. Uh, like ah, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so well done with little tiny things that are just off that you wouldn't think too much of if you weren't watching a horror movie. But everything is just turned up to a hundred in this. Yep, I I will say. Upon revisit, I think this movie loses a little bit of steam when they go into, you know, the, not the upside down, but the the other world. Yeah. And you see Darth Maul a little bit more. I think it Mm -hmm. falls a little bit, but this is still a great watch. Absolutely. And that Um, that kicks off our James Wan is is dad category, and there's no new releases around this time. So you're 17 days through Halloween, or through October, and we're moving on to the next category. And again, another one that I named, and I'm very proud of this one pretentious shit only steve cares about if you've been listening to this pod you've probably identified that i'm the dork that just likes the avengers and steve is the one that will watch anything but the avengers it has to be like a black and white 1930s picture for him to love it so steve give us some weird deep cuts that no one knows about yeah, starting out, we have the 192022 German Expressionist classic, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually am starting this off with two films from one of my favorite directors of all time. Um, this is Caro, uh, which is also called Pulse from 2001. Please do not make the mistake of watching the fucking remake. Christian. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. Yeah, it's. I couldn't make it through it. It's got Kristen Bell and the dude from vampire diaries it is one of the worst movies of all time um but the original is actually this like really like introspective film about loneliness and about the internet kind of tearing us apart instead of being a way to make connections and oh my god there's there's one scene in this that has always stuck with me um and two characters are sitting on the train and one says to the other that like they're alone and the other one just says yes but we're both definitely here and the other character still just looks completely alone and that shot i think is just one of the most beautiful i've ever seen um and then the second uh kiyoshi kurosawa film is cure this is (laughs) such a good movie i don't know if you've checked this one out though have you nope so Essentially, it follows this detective investigating a series of murders in which, uh, like, just random people kind of go crazy and kill somebody. Um, And they're all done in the same method, and that's how they know everything's connected. Um, I don't want to give anything up because this is genuinely, I think, one of the best mysteries I've ever seen. And I, I encourage everyone to check it out if if you're at all interested you will not be disappointed at all but it falls under horror kind of it does it absolutely is horror yes all right this is one i would it seems like it's up my alley am am i my misstep in there no i think you love this um and i actually think you could enjoy these last two as well uh the next one i have on this list is we're all going to the world's fair and i watched this not too long ago maybe two months or so and it has stuck with me since then. This brought back this just horrendous feeling from when I was like 11 or 12 years old of just like not really knowing 
what's going on in the world, and it legitimately just made me want to throw up the entire time. It was this is another one that is like at at surface level a fairly scary horror movie, but digging deeper, one that is truly truly sad. Um, oh boy. Yeah, hour and a half. I would check this out as well. Um, and then the last one on this list is Mandy, which is a Nick Cage classic. Essentially, Nick Cage's wife is killed by a cult, and then he goes on like a killing spree of demons. It's fucking awesome. Again, another one that I didn't see. I know we talked about this in the Nick Cage pod, but I mean, what's not to love? Over the top Nick Cage. You, you got to sign me up for that. Absolutely. And this next category, then, is one that I named to kind of get back at Ty, I guess. And this is called Ty is Literally 13 Years Old. Yeah, that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> I'm reading this list, too. It's it's not looking good for me. But that's okay. I, I think it's really fitting. I'm going to start off with the one that came out when we were about 13 years old. Do you guys remember the hype surrounding the purge when it came like th- those first trailers that came out what a cool concept at 13 wow no rules and regulations no laws for one night and anyone everyone just goes stir crazy um i don't think this movie's good at all in fact i think some of the sequels are fun but i am not a big fan of this franchise at all however i, I just i know that me personally i'm gonna go revisit this this month because it kind of is like the embodiment of Blast to me, like revisiting the past and some great moments you had. I, I'm i going to always remember when those trailers dropped and seeing this movie for the first time. I want to see if I can recapture that a little bit, maybe watch it with my you know younger siblings or something. I think there's something here. I think there's a Blast story here with The Purge. Maybe. I have never seen this movie. I've only seen the parody of it. What's the parody? <laughs> it's called Meet the Blacks. <laughs> I haven't seen it, no. <laughs> it's probably worse than The Purge. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I would imagine. I Again, I haven't seen it since it first came out, but I'm pretty sure in the first one, Ethan Hawke is one of the leads. He is, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think it's so funny he's in this movie, but I digress. Next up, you mentioned this in your movies that you watched this week um, in the 2016 Blair Witch. We're going to take it back to the original this is, funny enough, like a blast story for my dad. You know, when he showed me this movie for the first time, he treated it. He made me experience it the same way he did. I was young enough where I could fall for it. But when this movie came out, the way it was marketed, it, they did it in a way that made it seem like it was actual found footage. You know, the, the genre really hadn't evolved yet. And the marketing was all surrounding this concept of, oh, these kids went missing in, in the woods, and here's the footage we found. And there was... <laughs> You know, it, there was a sense of belief that this this could happen, and that's how it was sold to me. So I was just petrified watching this movie as a kid, and I I think because of that, I, there's a charm to it. It it kind of created this found footage genre that we have today. Um, I would argue that there's one more movie that did it. I'll mention it later, but I don't know. I I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. What's the other? Is are you talking about Cloverfield? Uh uh-uh. uh, no. I'll bring it up. I promise. Okay. But um, next up, <laughs> this category is awesome. I am literally 13 years old. I want everyone to watch Monster House. Do you guys remember that came out? 
Steve Buscemi as the as the crabby neighbor um, living in the evil house. Can um, I take over for a quick blast story here? Please, please. I think I was eight years old uh, when I saw this movie for the first time. It was at a Halloween party with all my friends from elementary school. And <laughs> I remember halfway through the movie... Uh, we paused it, and the kid who was throwing the party, his mom pulled us all into the garage, turned all the lights off, and had us pass around these, like, things. And she was like, you gotta close your eyes. <laughs> and it was all just, like, imaginative fear. And it was like, reach into this tub. And she was like, "This is these are all the eyeballs of, like, the victims, and it's like green grapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, I was just pissing my pants at eight years old. Spaghetti is the guts. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. That is great. I, I can't lie. This movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I was like eerily creeped out. These people were getting eaten by a house. Dude, the animation still creeps me out. Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of got that like Tim Burton feel to it. I, yeah. I, I like this movie. Definitely check it out. This, this is one of my favorite picks on the list. But um, I did mention there was another you know, godfather of found footage. Paranormal activity, dude. This oh. I can I can remember. I am in my buddy's bedroom. We're, we're we're in like second grade and this is back when YouTube had like the the brown logo. Like not the the red one we know today. It was the old ass YouTube app and it was on his i his i not phone. What were they called? iPod. Like he had Wi-Fi, so we could go like use apps. It was awesome, and we watched like nine scary clips from Paranormal Activity, and I was shitting my pants. But that's what we did at like two in the morning, like on like our you know sleepover, you know rebellious time. It was, I don't know. That's that's again just another great blast story. That I think that every single person has watched Paranormal Activity at a sleepover. Uh, at, at one of the first sleepovers I ever went to, uh, everybody watched Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, and I was oh fully convinced God. that I was possessed for like two months after that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that movie coming. I remember the trailer for that. But, um, okay, this is not horror-related, but my first sleepover movie, there was two. We started the night out. We went to the movie theaters and saw uh, Speed Racer. And then came awesome. back, and we watched it not once, but consecutively, like back to back. The movie ended, we started it right back over. The Simpsons movie. I was in seventh <laughs> grade. We watched we watched it once, and then watched it again. We were up until like five in the morning. <laughs> Most bizarre thing ever. But I I will always remember that night. I I quoted the Simpsons movie in third grade, so much. Great, it just good laughs, good laughs. laughs. All right. Um, I'm just going to keep this found footage shit going. Again, this movie, I don't think it's good. Okay? It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, I think it has like a secret cult following now. But have you ever, have you ever seen As Above, So Below? I have not. Uh, I, I, I can't. Okay, you know, I can't even recommend this with confidence to you. But I think there's a lot of people listening that either, one, do like this movie, or two, check it out and would actually really enjoy it. It's 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 got that found footage feel to it, but it's done in a weird like it's got a lot of uh, religious undertones. So that's why I'm I'm cautious to recommend it to you. But I'll tell you what I um I'm taking a self care day tomorrow. I'll I'll throw this on in the morning. Oh my god! In the morning, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I'm gonna be doing like contract <laughs> negotiations for work, and you'll be ripping a a movie about 
like five teenagers going into the catacombs and getting trapped. Yeah, you know what? Um, I was kind of... I always hear As Above, So Below compared to The Descent. Yep. Have you seen that one? I was just going to say, I was literally just going to say, if you like The Descent, maybe give it a shot. That's, yes. I'll try it. Okay. Okay. Definitely do that. All right. Just to keep everyone updated, because I keep losing track of it, we are now moving into Day 27, another new release. And I think this, again, fits into the Ty is literally 13 years old model, but... You need to go check out Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'm not sure this movie's going to be great, okay? I, nothing in these trailers has suggested to me that they're going to do it right, in my opinion. But I just have such a love for FNAF. And I'm, like, late to the game. My buddies just started, like, forcing me to play. If we do, like, you know, we, we the last couple years, we've been going to my buddy's lake house for, like, a weekend. And one of the nights, we're not doing typical 20-year-old shit where we, like, get blackout drunk. We're... <laughs> we're going into the basement at one thirty, two o'clock at night all the lights go off and one person is selected to play fnaf and they have to sit right up against the monitor mouse in hand and just sit right in front of the speakers and the tv and just suffer while we're all watching and we all bet someone <laughs> sets a line for how many nights they make it and we all put money on it it's a great time that's it's a great that's time. fucking awesome yeah. it's it's really um fun. On Saturday, Morgan, I mentioned, went to a wedding, and she came home a little tipsy, uh, to say the least, and I goaded her into playing FNAF. That is, and... that is messed up. That is messed up. <laughs> One of the funniest things of my life. She said she'd do it again, though, so okay. that's <laughs> good. Yeah, there you go. Um, I actually am looking forward to this movie, though, as, as much as I'm going to give you shit for it. I think it's going to be okay, and I think it's going to get a lot of people... Uh, Actually, it's coming out on Peacock same day. I, I was going to say, it's gonna, it should bring a lot of people into theaters, though. I think this is a movie that people will want to see in a crowded room on Halloween night. So I think the whole Peacock thing, it's a little different. Like with Halloween, it was like a weird, I don't know why they did that. But with FNAF, what they're doing, I would imagine, is they're going to release it in theaters in PG-13 format. And then for Peacock, it's going to be R-rated. Because some people want to see this in like all the blood and gore, but... I would imagine that the studio wants as many people in the seats as possible. So they're doing like the Megan treatment and making it PG 13 for theaters. That's, that's my working yeah. theory on it. But, uh, I would take that with a grain of salt. And, and to clarify, PG 13 horror movies can be good. Okay. Well, I hope you're not referencing Megan. I no. Well, no, that's good as a comedy, but <laughs> insidious insidious is PG 13. Yeah, exactly. I believe the Conjuring one was as well. Maybe. Eh, nope, that was R. I can I can almost guarantee that. Almost uh, guarantee. It. Maybe. Like, yeah. Do you well, remember Lights Out though? Like that scared dude, the piss out of me when I, I saw it. Dude, I I still run into my bedroom after I turn the lights on. I'm 23 years old. I I still <laughs> to this day I will flick the lights off from my my bet my bathroom and like sprint all the way down the hall, slam my door, jump into bed before that lady catches me. It's awesome. And hey, shocker, James Wan. Yeah, what do you know? Shocker. Um, all right. The one of the, I guess the penultimate category for us here is Carpenter classics, and this takes us from day twenty-eight through thirty. Um, we're starting this off nice and basic with the thing. Uh, oh. Ty, do you want to talk through this because I, this is kind of your your baby, I guess. Um, but I I am also a huge fan. So, a couple things here. One, 
I'm not as big of a Carpenter guy as you, but I do love John Carpenter. But more importantly, I might be Kurt Russell's biggest fan, and this is my favorite Kurt Russell movie. So that has it going. That's that's one element of the thing. A couple other things. I think this is like one of the best like suspense movies. Um, who done it in a very weird way? There is just tremendous practical work that we will never see ever again, in my opinion. I, I just I, it's a remarkable movie. I, I can't say enough about it. I just love the tension building. There are so many iconic scenes, including I think one of the best endings of all time. Uh, the ah, just. Oh, there's so many moving pieces here. I'm like, my brain's melting trying to like unpack it in 30 seconds. But again, the concept of this thing that can mutate and imitate anyone around you and you, you don't know who to trust and who's who, it makes for a very compelling two hour movie of who done it, but not a person. It's this creature impersonating people. It's, it's fucking brilliant. I, I love this movie. Let me ask you, I think, the most important question I will have ever asked you on this pod. If the thing doesn't exist, do we get among us? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) What made you think of that? Uh, that's that's all I ever think about with the thing is, oh, it's Among Us. <laughs> oh my gosh! It, see, <laughs> it literally is. They vote people off. Yeah. Um, wow. Thank you for that. Thank you. Moving on to John Carpenter's, like, I mean, the thing is up there. It's probably one A, one B here. Um, but his Halloween classic yeah. is Halloween. Yeah. Um, so, we have two Halloween movies on here. I have 1978 and also 2018. 2018, I think, can be swapped with H2O. Um, I think both of those are actually really good legacy sequels. Um, but, obviously, both fell off right after. <laughs> yeah, I would the... do... I, lo- I, I really like 2018. I, I wasn't a big fan of the therapist twist, but other than yeah. that, I really enjoyed this movie. I just I just so happen to feel they got tainted by kills and ends. I know you like kills, but at the very least, ends just completely shit on this movie. Yeah, for me, it, kills has gone down quite a bit in my ranking since ends. Um, I thought Gordon Green was doing this thing where, like, the first movie was going to be all Laurie, and the second movie was going to be all Michael, and the third movie was going to be all like the the I don't know like duality of the two, um, and. Without the third movie being the duality, I think Kills is kind of fucking pointless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not not ridiculous. That said, though, I don't know if you know this. The first time I saw Halloween, I did not like it. The original? Yeah. Did not know that. Wow. Um, I thought it was really funny. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it just caught me on, like, a bad day, I guess. And I, I did not like it at all. But I, I have to this, say, I'm surprised uh, In the Mouth of Madness isn't on this. Oh, fuck. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Oops. You know what? Wipe off 2018. <laughs> That's why I was so confused. I mean, like, I know you like it, but not that much. Go, Everybody go watch In the Mouth of Madness before you watch Halloween 2018. Uh, in the Mouth of Madness is one of the most innovative movies I've ever seen. But Halloween... 
1978 is, I think, maybe the greatest horror movie ever made. Um, maybe the greatest independent movie ever made. It's got a lot going for it. Everybody, uh, it's, you don't need to sell this movie. Um, moving on, <clears throat> our very last category has only the movie for day 31. <laughs> that category is titled, What the Fuck? And Steve, I think you are the perfect person to break down this 31st movie. Yeah, the the last movie on our list is Skinnamarink. And <laughs> Colin Meyer, if he's listening to this pod, just is rolling. <laughs> just, ah, uh, God, he hates this movie for some reason. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> I, I got to give this story one more time because my parents had gone away on a vacation and I grew up believing my house was haunted. So even now, staying home alone, I'm a little uneasy. And... I'd been having a bad day. Ty had been saying all this stuff about how Skinnamarink is getting all this buzz. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll cheer me up. Go see Skinnamarink. Uh, and I, I went in at 10 p.m. There was one other person in my theater. I think one other person in the entire building, maybe. And I <laughs> just could not move. <laughs> this, I think, just played on all of my greatest fears from childhood this made me feel like i was four years old scared of whatever's in the closet again um and that's that's the best way to put it there's one scene in this that will always stick with me and it is a character goes up into his parents room his parents have been gone the entire Uh. time of course and they say look under the bed in this fucking deep fried voice because everything in this movie is staticky and uh and he looks under and oh nothing's there sweet comes back up look again (laughs) i I almost just walked out of the theater Um, (laughs) i called ty after this i think i was so scared i thought i was gonna actually throw up um i i just this movie is so horrifying if you watch it please watch it alone watch it in the darkest room you possibly can this is one that you definitely don't have to see in theaters um this is great as as an on-demand movie yep so steve actually gave me that recommendation of how to watch it after he saw it so i was the one that turned all the lights off closed my blinds and watched skin and Marink in my room petrifying absolutely petrifying the only kicker here is nothing happens for an hour and a half in my opinion but a lot of people felt that way if you're looking for a similar archetype of this creepy pasta what the fuck is going on here but has some semblance of a story i would check out something on youtube called um the back rooms but by kane pixels he's the 17 year old kid that has built out this entire like narrative around the back rooms concept it's about like 17 videos, probably a runtime of maybe an hour. There is like a good five or six videos that scared the living shit out of me. And it has that skinnamarink vibe to it where sometimes you don't see anything. It's just insane tension and all of like the imagina- imagination that you're creating in your own mind. It, I think it's phenomenal. But when I watched Skinnamarink, all I could think about was Kane Pixels, The Back Rooms. This guy has just got a countdown going on his phone for for the A twenty four. Oh, movie I cannot release. wait! I cannot wait. That that needs its own pod. I could nerd out about this shit forever. 
but uh maybe we should i think um, i think i think we're gonna have to maybe we get the kid on yeah yeah that'd be great um all right if if you're good then we can wrap this up by just reading straight through the list real quick and doing an outro yeah speed run this thing this was quite the gauntlet <laughs> all right so one through 31 in order we have hereditary which is on max barbarian on max the Empty Man on Max, Midnight Mass on Netflix, uh, The Exorcist Believer in theaters, Scream on Paramount Plus, Scream 2022 on Paramount Plus, A Nightmare on Elm Street, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare all on Max, um, The Fall of House of Usher on Netflix, uh, Saw on Peacock, Conjuring 1 on Max, Conjuring 2 on Voodoo, and both Insidious movies on Max. Caro on Shudder, Cure on Criterion, We're All Going to the World's Fair on Max, Mandy on Shudder, The Purge on Voodoo, The Blair Witch Project on Paramount+, Plus, Monster House on Hulu, Paranormal Activity on Paramount+, Plus, <laughs> As Above So Below on Prime, Five Nights at Freddy's in Theaters, Halloween on Crackle, Halloween 2018 on Peacock, The Thing on Peacock, and Skinnerink on Shutter, and obviously The Backrooms on YouTube. Let's go. Hey, one more though. Where can our users, our listeners, find In the Mouth of Madness? On YouTube. It okay. is free on YouTube. Please, people, watch this movie. It's so fucking good. <laughs> All right, man. Um, that was that was a gauntlet, but I I can't lie. I love our list. I love the categories. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job here. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening to this very special episode of The Blast Podcast. We'd love for this to be a yearly thing. Um, and this, it, it's we're, we're so excited to be back bringing you pods uh, once again, where we apologize for the break. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. You know, Blast app is on its way, but more importantly, a lot of great podcasts on the way. So be on the lookout. Absolutely. And be sure to head to our website, blastmovies.net, or follow the link in the description to learn more about Blast. We'll catch you next time.